0: Hi everyone, here's the late night edition of today's broadcast. Tonight and tomorrow, Gemel Chajvan is my grandfather's yard site. So I'd like to dedicate this to Iloy Shlomo Mordechai Ben Yaakov, Zichorna Racha. My grandfather was an unbelievable person. He had a fascinating life story, and I feel like a lot of who I am is a result of his strong values and his strength of character. So I wanted to share with you a little bit about him, because... As much as we all have what to fetch about, when you look at people who've been through much greater challenges, like losing most of their family in the war, and yet they stay strong, it's a reminder that no matter what trials and tribulations come our way, with total faith and bitachon in Hashem, we could persevere and overcome and reach great heights. So my grandfather was born in Grodna, Poland. His brother was actually Chav with Rosh youngest son. And when my grandfather was about 9 or 10 years old, his grandmother, Babi Chayisara, who I'm named after, got very sick. And she sent my grandfather to get a bracha from the Chavetz Chaim, who was visiting Radin, So, who was, who was visiting from Raden, rather. So when he arrived, the Chavetz Chaim was surrounded by a large crowd. And being that my grandfather was extremely shy... He just waited there for a long time until eventually the crowd dispersed and the Chavetz Chaim was left standing with two men, one on each side of him, and they began to walk. So my grandfather quietly followed, and suddenly one of the men turned around and he asked him in Yiddish, what do you want? Then the Chavetz Chaim turned around, and my grandfather explained that his baby was sick, and he asked that the Chavetz Chaim daven for a four shalima, he quickly put this latta coin that his grandmother gave him into the Chavetz Chaim's hand and he started running. And Chavetz Chaim called to him, Come back, come back. So my grandfather came back and Chavetz Chaim asked, What's your baby's name? So he said the name. And right then and there, the Chavetz Chaim lifted his eyes towards Shemayim, and he started whispering tefillah, And soon afterwards, his grandmother did recover actually. And then World War II broke out and Poland was divided in half half went to russia and half went to germany and my grandfather was drafted into the horrific russian army which was a terrible experience the stories of Monsieur nefesh that he had and the way he always looked out to help others even when it was in the most difficult situations we could fill a book up with his experiences anyways my grandfather was extremely musical and eventually he ended up in stalin's army band where he learned how to play the clarinet so when the war ended my grandfather was still stuck in the Army, and so he escaped, which is a whole long adventurous saga that we don't have time to get into now, until finally he ended up in America, where he rebuilt his life and then went on to build his community and fulfill his life's mission of helping so many others in need and you know this is just like a few little snippets. I could spend hours just sharing so many amazing stories about him and how. He never compromised on his values, which often took a lot of courage and strength. Anyways, I'd love to see more, but we gotta get to today's topic, which I already used up most of my four minutes, so I may have to schnarr a bit more time, so I hope you don't mind. As you know, we've been discussing the concept of how life doesn't always appear to be fear. And being that we have such exacting editors, both Rizy and Miss have been hacking me about the fact that I keep using the word fear. So Rezi's busy insisting that the correct word is just, and Mrs. Salanga meanwhile, gave me an entire share on how in Lashen HaKodesh there's no word for fear, which is why the translation for it's not fear is actually Zalofel, which is pretty creative of the Israelis. So Mrs. Salonga gave me such a great schmooze that I decided to make it today's clip. Pretty convenient to have editors who do all the brainstorming for me. I know, I know. So here's the thing. In our society nowadays, we kind of develop this notion that a fair life means that everything is equal. We all deserve the exact same things as each other. We all deserve to be treated equally. If I choose to identify as someone else, then I'm entitled to my rights to be just like them. But if you think about it, that's not the correct approach. A cake divided into equal portions may seem to be fair, but let's say one person's an adult and the other person's a child, or one person's supposed to be on a diet and the other isn't? Does it make sense that they have the same size portion? Or how about when we're parking and we see that some spots are reserved with the blue lines? Do people feel like it's unfair that they're not allowed to park there? Of course not, because it's obvious that people have different needs and what's necessary for one person is completely not suitable for another. So let's translate this into shirach language. Contrary to popular belief... Just because one girl gets married at 19, it does not mean that every single girl now needs to get married at 19. Life is not about everyone getting the exact same thing. If we were all exactly the same, that would kind of make us redundant and unnecessary. We each have a totally different mission in life, and based on that, Hashem gave us exactly what's perfect for us so that we could fulfill our unique roles in this world. Which kind of segues into tomorrow's topic, Mertesham, where we'll discuss how our set of challenges is there to help us develop into the people that we were meant to be.